This is the Savvy Philanthropist Podcast. My name is Kirk. We are a financial planning podcast for people who want to do philanthropy well. Whether you're a donor trying to do some good in the world, or you're a development officer trying to connect resources with the people who need them, this podcast is all about how to navigate our U.S. legal and financial system in order to make the greatest philanthropic impact you can. This is episode six. What is a charity exactly? There are two critical elements in the concept of charitable giving, namely charitable and giving. Last week, we talked about the giving part. We talked about exactly what makes a gift a gift, which is obviously a threshold question as to whether or not something is a charitable gift. Well, this week, we're going to talk about the other half of the phrase, the charitable part. As I hope you remember from previous episodes, making gifts to help others is not and should not be restricted to tax-sensitive institutional-style giving. We all have plenty of other, less formal opportunities to help others. However, this podcast, not to mention the whole profession of charitable giving, is built around the tax-sensitive institutional-style giving. So that's what we're going to talk about from now on. With that in mind, the charitable part of charitable giving means that a gift has to be made to a charity before it is eligible for recognition in the tax code. Which leads to the question of today's episode, what is a charity exactly? The U.S. tax code has a very explicit answer to this question. It actually gives us a list right in the statute. And that statute would be Section 170C of Title 26, if you're curious. But there's no need for you to go look it up. I'll go through the list right here. Please pardon a bit of legalese. Sometimes there isn't a better way to say this sort of stuff accurately. Here is the list of entities that constitute a charity for the purposes of charitable giving. Number one, a state, the federal government, a possession of the United States, the District of Columbia, or any political subdivision of one of those items. So basically, a government, as long as the gift is made for strictly public purposes. So if any of you fine folks out there would like to make a donation toward paying off the national debt or something like that, you may happily take a tax deduction for your generous gift. Number two, a post or organization of war veterans or an auxiliary or support organization for a veterans organization. This means things like your local American Legion or VFW post. Number three, a domestic fraternal society, order, or association, as long as the gift is going to be used for strictly charitable purposes. Here we're talking about your local Kiwanis or Rotary Club. Number four, most cemeteries. Pretty self-explanatory. And now the big one. It's actually number two in the statutory list, but I saved it for last because it's where all the action is. First, I'm going to read the whole definition, then we'll talk about it. Here we go with a little paraphrasing. Number five, a corporation, trust, or community chest, fund, or foundation, A, created or organized under the laws of the United States or one of the states, in other words, it has to be a legal entity, B, organized and operated exclusively for religious, charitable, scientific, literary, or educational purposes, or to foster amateur sports competition for the prevention of cruelty to children or animals, C, no part of the net earnings of which inures to the benefit of any private shareholder or individual, and D, which is not disqualified for tax exemption under Section 501c3 by reason of political activity. Phew! So that's the simple test for what constitutes a charity. And that was trimmed down and paraphrased. Lucky for us, all straightforward and simple. Right. Well, actually, it does get a lot simpler when you dig into it. It just so happens that that long stretch of legal language in the middle I just read you know, the part about operated exclusively for religious, charitable, scientific, literary, or educational purposes? Well, that's repeated just about word for word in another part of the tax code. 
and that would be the famous Section 501c3. This section of the code provides that the, the sort of organization I just described, and don't worry, I won't repeat the whole thing again, is exempt from paying federal income tax. And this, by the way, is the original meaning and purpose of Section 501c3, income tax exemption. We just hear about this section a lot because so many other legal provisions in both federal and state laws refer back to it as the basis for other things, exactly like what is happening here in our charitable giving discussion. So in about 90% of the cases, that answers our question about what constitutes a charity in the world of charitable giving. A gift to an organization that is exempt from federal taxation under 501c3 is entitled to a charitable tax deduction. You'll recall that there were a few other options in that original list of tax-deductible organizations, but like I said, 501c3 organizations constitute the great majority of charitable giving. In many cases, we're often so used to this idea that we take it for granted, but let me provide an example of the difference this can make. Imagine a group of families working together to homeschool their children. The moms meet once a week or whatever, and they take turns planning activities and lessons for the children. One of the parents wants to make a gift to an activity fund for the group. Is that gift tax deductible? It's for educational purposes, right? Well, the answer depends on the legal provisions above. If the group is an informal one of moms just meeting and working together, then the gift is not tax deductible because there's no corporation and there's no tax exemption. But if the same group of moms creates a corporation and files for 501c3 tax exemption, then the same gift would be entitled to a tax deduction. So in the realm of charitable giving, when we talk about charities, we're almost always talking about organizations exempt from federal taxation under Section 501c3 of the U.S. Tax Code. In fact, if someone wants to refer to charitable giving under one of those other sections, he or she will almost certainly say so specifically, because otherwise, everyone will assume that he or she is just talking about 501c3. There are a couple of takeaways from this. If you're a donor and you want to make sure your gift is tax deductible, then you'll want to be sure that your gift recipient qualifies under one of the categories above, most likely 501c3. For large organizations, this is virtually a certainty. But if the organization you're trying to support is small, local, or pretty informal, then you might want to check. And if you're a person trying to organize a new charitable organization, and good on you if you are, then be sure that you get your 501c3 exemption if you want gifts to your organization to be tax deductible. If you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And if you know other people who might find this podcast worthwhile, please share it on your social media platform of choice. And if you're feeling particularly generous, a rating or review for the show on whatever podcast service you use would really help to get the word out about the show. You can find The Savvy Philanthropist on the internet at thesavvyphilanthropist.podbean.com, though that new website isn't too far away. Fingers crossed. You can follow me on Twitter where I am at RossPlan. If you have any ideas, suggestions, or helpful insights, feel free to email me at thesavvyphilanthropist at gmail.com. That's it for episode six. Thanks for listening. Next week, we're going to talk about one of the most famous comedians in U.S. history and exactly how screwed up his enormous charitable giving ended up. Until then, remember, do well, then do good, but always be savvy.